tossing and turning all night like a salad, it's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus. A probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker, and I thought, if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate, so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. I'm Jill, and this is the Sober Powered Podcast. I'll tell you how I finally stopped chasing the buzz and what I've learned along the way. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I'm Jill, and if you're new here, I'm a sober scientist who talks about the science and psychology of addiction. If that sounds interesting, please subscribe. Today, I'm going to talk about withdrawal. 
So I'll discuss the physical and psychological effects of withdrawal so you know what to expect when you quit drinking. I will also talk about severe forms of withdrawal and why it's so dangerous. I'll end the podcast with my own experience and what exactly pause is. So let's dig in. Some of us are afraid to quit drinking because of the withdrawal. I know people who have hung on in fear of having bad withdrawal symptoms and people who have gone back to drinking just to ease their withdrawal. So I'm going to address both of these situations. Alcohol withdrawal syndrome is defined as the presence of two or more of the following. Hand tremors, insomnia, hallucinations, confusion, and delirium tremens. Delirium tremens is a dangerous form of withdrawal that occurs in about 1 in 20 people who experience physical withdrawal. So not 1 in 20 people who withdraw from alcohol, but 1 in 20 people who are having physical withdrawal symptoms, like the ones that I listed. So what DT does is it shifts your breathing temperature control and circulation, which can then increase blood pressure and heart rate. It can also decrease blood flow to the brain, resulting in confusion, loss of consciousness, nervous or angry behavior, irrational thoughts, hallucinations, soaking sweats, and insomnia. It's really dangerous and it's critical to get medical help detoxing if you're experiencing any of these physical symptoms. So there are medications that can be given to you in a a hospital to ease withdrawal symptoms and keep you comfortable while you're going through it. So alcohol withdrawal can be fatal. So if you're concerned about withdrawing, please contact your doctor. I always recommend that you contact your doctor if you're worried. I know a lot of people go into sober Facebook groups or they message people asking about withdrawal and asking medical related questions. And really Facebook is not a good source. Your friends are not a good source for medical advice. You should always check with your doctor. So alcohol is a depressant and it affects our central nervous system. So once we quit drinking, the central nervous system rebounds quickly after being repressed for so long. And this is what causes the dangerous symptoms of withdrawal. Remember in episode three, we talked about sleep and REM rebound. So it's, it's really similar to that. So when we drink before bed, we're unable to enter REM sleep. So once we quit drinking, our bodies will go into REM rebound as part of the healing process. So it's the same phenomenon. So your central nervous system has been repressed for so long. So once alcohol is not in your body anymore, it rebounds quickly. And If it rebounds too quickly and too strongly, this is why you will get those dangerous symptoms. The central nervous system is made up of the brain and spinal cord. As we know, the brain plays a central role in controlling most of our bodily functions. Some reflex movements do occur through the spinal cord without involvement from the brain. The brain is connected to the spinal cord through the brain stem. Cranial nerves exit through the brain stem into the spinal cord. Nerve roots exit the spinal cord into both sides of the body. So nerves run from the brain stem into the spinal cord and then out on either side of the body. So nerves are bundles of neurons wrapped in a protective casing. So if you checked out episode one, 
of this podcast. And if you follow me on Instagram, then I describe to you exactly what a neuron looks like and what it does in the body. So make sure to check out either the Sober Powered Instagram account or episode one for more information on neurons. But all you need to know is the central nervous system is the brain and the spinal cord and nerves flow through the brainstem into the spinal cord and then the nerve roots exit on both sides. If you have major physical symptoms of withdrawal, it's best to check in with your doctor or even to go to the hospital and do a medical detox. So during medical detox, medications are given to treat nausea, dehydration, seizures, and insomnia. And benzodiazepines are given to reduce the rebound of the central nervous system to decrease overactivity. So to ease the central nervous system back online so it's not a big rush. They'll also monitor your blood pressure, heart rate, and temperature closely in case of the development of DT. Therapy and support are provided, as well as resources on treatment options for the person to use after they've left medical detox. I know a few people who have done a medical detox and they had nothing but positive things to say about it. They were treated very kindly and made comfortable through the entire process. I know that it can be terrifying to go to the hospital and ask for help, and there's a lot of shame associated with that but they really are there to help you and set you on the right path. You don't have to suffer alone. So withdrawal symptoms peak 24 to 72 hours after your last drink, and the most intense withdrawal symptoms should only last for a week with some people experiencing them for slightly longer. If you're not physically dependent on alcohol, then it's unlikely that you will experience the most severe forms of withdrawal, like DT, the life-threatening forms. So physical dependence is a lot different from emotional and mental dependence. If you're afraid to quit because of withdrawal, please, you know, check in with your doctor again, get a professional opinion. So your doctor may tell you you're totally fine to quit cold turkey or put you on a tapering schedule for safety. I don't recommend trying to taper yourself because it can easily just become another form of moderation and escalate right back to your normal drinking routine. So if quitting is something that you're afraid of, talk to your doctor and get some professional advice. So the emotional symptoms of withdrawal are irritability, anxiety, agitation, sadness, and general like feelings of aches and pains. So anxiety is the main contributor to going back to drinking. So remember from episode one, we discussed how alcohol actually causes anxiety. When the brain adjusts to the frequent presence of alcohol, it adjusts its chemistry. And the brain learns that the presence of alcohol is normal. And since alcohol is a depressant, when it isn't in our systems, it reduces our ability to calm ourselves naturally. Many of us drink to relieve our anxiety through a process of negative reinforcement. We learn that when we drink, the anxiety goes away, only to return once the alcohol wears off. And then we need more alcohol to then ease the anxiety caused by the alcohol. So that's negative reinforcement. The anxiety gets more and more powerful the longer we drink because our brain chemistry continues to adjust to its new normal. Many people, unfortunately, will return to drinking to ease the anxiety brought on by withdrawing from alcohol. 
So again, if anxiety makes it difficult for you to quit, check in with your doctor. You don't have to suffer. So ask for help. The anxiety will ease and get better as your brain chemistry adjusts. So in my experience, my anxiety is basically gone. And if you listen to my last night of drinking, you know that I had a lot of anxiety. So I wasn't physically dependent on alcohol when I quit. What I experienced was on my first day, I was completely depressed. I was so nauseous and exhausted. And this was a lot of like hangover mixed with shame and some withdrawal. By day two, I started feeling a lot better physically. And I was also really proud of myself for not drinking the night before. So I recommend that you embrace your pride. It really helps. The more days that you don't drink, the prouder you feel and the stronger you become. I also had intense night sweats and insomnia for about two to three weeks. The night sweats were really, really bad. It was like as soon as I fell asleep, my body just dumped out a ton of water. My husband and I used to laugh at it. He goes to bed later than I do, and he'd come in and say like, oh my God, it's so wet in here, honey. It was really, really bad. And we would just laugh it off and know that it wasn't permanent. So the night sweats went away and now I sleep normally. I also had trouble falling asleep every night for the first few weeks. So I was really used to drinking before bed every night for the past seven years. So I had trouble adjusting to not drinking before bed. I took something called tranquil sleep for the first month of my sobriety and it really helped me get to sleep. I've talked about this before and it's just something that I bought off Amazon. I'll link it in the show notes, but it really helped me. So if you're quitting and insomnia is one of your symptoms, get something like melatonin to ease you to sleep every night. An unexpected symptom that I had was for the first couple months, I had a lot of trouble regulating my emotions. I'd blow up at the slightest thing. I remember my five-year-old Target sunglasses broke and I flipped out walking around my house saying, are you freaking kidding me? We had family over too. It was not my finest moment. I felt overwhelmed all the time and I didn't know how to not feel that way. I felt big emotions and I didn't know what to do with them. So they just came out as overwhelm. So this also evens out as you stick with sobriety. So don't be surprised if you cannot regulate your emotions when you first quit. That's really normal. I also had some hormonal disruptions when I quit, but I'll talk about that in a future episode. I plan to do a whole episode about alcohol and hormones, so I'll discuss it then. Heavy drinkers are sometimes concerned with developing something called pause. So there are some misconceptions about what this actually is. I think the most common one is that it's constant withdrawal for one to two years. So pause or post-acute withdrawal syndrome describes a set of symptoms that occur after acute withdrawal has gone away. So after that first week or two of suffering, you continue to have some symptoms, but it's not constant. So pause symptoms are usually mood-related and psychological, and they can last for up to a year. And suddenly stopping alcohol consumption after long periods of heavy drinking can increase the likelihood for pause. It can also occur after suddenly stopping an antidepressant instead of weaning off of it. 
So this is why your doctor may recommend that you follow a tapering schedule, not just for your immediate safety, but also for your long-term outlook. So what pause does is it, it seems to come and go in cycles for people with each occurrence lasting a few days. So it includes things like irritability and hostility, depression, anxiety, mood swings, low energy and fatigue, insomnia, disrupted focus, and low libido. So these symptoms can put a person at risk for relapse because they'll want to drink them away. Remember we talked about negative reinforcement. It's drinking to ease the suffering brought on by drinking. So alcohol causes anxiety and then you drink to relieve the anxiety that was caused by alcohol. So if you're experiencing withdrawal symptoms seven months into sobriety, it can be really triggering. Not all doctors and psychologists agree on why pause actually develops, but there are a couple theories. So the one that I liked that I read about is homeostatic adjustment. So it's the belief that physical dependence changes a person's brain chemistry as it gets used to the presence of a drug. When your body does not have the drug coming in, it takes longer to reach equilibrium on its own. So this can cause mood swings, exhaustion, and cravings. So this makes a lot of sense to me because we do know that the brain chemistry adjusts based on the continued presence of alcohol. Some of the other theories for pause involve the stress of quitting and the removal of the habit causing things like physical distress and cravings and that maybe triggers pause. So pause can be thought of as the body adjusting to the drug not being present anymore. As physical dependence is developed, the body goes through a variety of changes to compensate for alcohol being present all the time. So these changes need to occur again to compensate for alcohol being removed. And that happens faster for some people and slower for others. And it really depends on your body and how much you drink and for how long, how you quit, if you were a heavy drinker and you tapered or you didn't taper. So it depends on a lot of things. If you experience withdrawal when you quit drinking, it's because you drink a lot of alcohol and your brain chemistry adjusted to its presence. Alcohol acting on your brain becomes your normal and your brain has to learn how to function without alcohol there. So that's basically what withdrawal means to me, is your body and your brain readjusting back to how it was before. So remember, people who drink in a healthy way don't experience withdrawal when they decide to take a break. For problem drinkers like me, who only know one way to drink, quitting is the best option. Our bodies should not think that the presence of alcohol is normal. So again, for the thousandth time, please talk to your doctor if you are afraid about quitting. They can advise you on the best method, whether you need to go to the hospital, whether you need to taper, if you want to try some medication to help you. So your doctor can can get you started and they can also ease your mind. So if they tell you you're gonna be fine, don't even worry, you should trust your doctor. If you want more details from sober people, then join the Sober Powered Facebook group. So there are all sorts of people in there. So some people like me, 
some people who have experienced physical dependence and some who have gone through medical detox. So all sorts of people in the group and you'll find somebody who had a similar experience to you. I hope this was beneficial and thank you guys for listening. I'll talk to you next week. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips i'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so so inspiring i'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking in fact it's very much the opposite and no matter what your relationship was with alcohol life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober new episodes come out every tuesday you can listen to happiest sober podcast wherever you get your podcasts